Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. It's an yeah, inspiring, yeah, like, yeah. you know, Rocky or something, you know, it's it's inspiring. Yeah. Um, but I, I but you might want to just leave it there because then once you read <laughs> read about it, you're like, it's just so right. inspiring. If only if it were true. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. Well, that was from our last visit, and you just heard Jason Fraley on Flaming Hot Cheetos, which maybe uh, didn't quite happen the way they tell it, but was interesting to watch anyway. I'm uh, Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that tries to keep you up on the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is directing and producing at Katz Worldwide (laughs) Podcast Headquarters. Always my pleasure, Arch. Glad to have everybody together again. Are the tubes... uh, Yes, the tubes are glowing. Hot and glowing. (laughs) Love that. I am very happy to welcome today's guest first our longtime friend, the very accomplished podcaster, author, and critic for New York Magazine and Vulture, and she knows I'm impressed with her. Let's welcome Jen Cheney. All right, Jen. Hello. What she doesn't know is why you're impressed, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, you and I go back 25 years, I think. We've, is that right? It's been, it's been a while. Well, the time flies. Anyway, I've... <laughs> I always enjoy uh, hearing your take on whatever. And uh, joining Jen and Lou and me is our podcast discovery of the year, the senior sports and cable television producer, winner of the AMC Golden Recliner Award, (laughs) the man who sees an abnormal amount of movies week after week, it's Cinema Lou Charles. Cinema Lou. Thank you, Arch. And Jen, I'm impressed with you as well. <laughs> You're both nuts. <laughs> well, uh, Lou, you've made a great uh, debut on this podcast, so many people enjoy your take. So so let's uh, get going. And let's start with Jen Cheney. And uh, the question of the day always starts with, what are you watching? What do you like? Well, first and foremost, The Bear, season two. Have you guys mm-hmm. watched it yet? You're not going to like this, Jen. I started the bear. (laughs) Here we go. I started the bear. And and I know it is about anxiety and tension and uh, the tension of of trying to make something uh, in the restaurant business work. And and I couldn't quite get into it because it was too stressful. It's too stressful for me. And this was season one that you had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this will help. But I think season two is, there's still moments of stress for sure, but it's a little less intense. Um, the focus instead is uh, Carmi is c- kind of taking the old beef restaurant that his family owned and is reimagining it and turning it into like a high-end dining situation. So they're renovating it. It's a facelift, it's not a gut. Bear, it is a facelift and a gut. It's, it's going to take six months to open. Six months? That's being what? Confident? Cocky. Crazy. Different members of the staff are going through different kind of learning experiences outside the kitchen to train them for this new endeavor. And it's just such a beautiful season of television. Like, it's easily one of the best things I will see this year. I have absolutely no doubt about it. I I saw season one and I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. I started watching season two and I think season two is really, really good. 
And it also looks like there's a little more money. So the production mm-hmm. value is enhanced. And it's it's really, I think you're right, Jen. It's a beautiful show. And season two, I think, is Arch, I think you need to you owe it to yourself to watch season two. Okay. Now who's carrying the bear again? Where um, it's on it? Hulu. It's an FX oh, okay. production. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Uh, I, you know, hopefully this hasn't been spoiled for you yet, but there are an array of guest stars in this thing that are just yes. off the charts. There's one episode where it's like they opened a clown car and every like cool person you can think of <laughs> is just popping out of it. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. I think, did I read that Jamie Lee Curtis uh, is going to have a role? You is did that, read that. And that is, is that, correct. Am, am I spoiling something? <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you you guys have had a few days. It's too late now, okay? The spoilers are coming out. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, given your opinions, I will uh, I will give the Bear season two uh, another try. Uh, what else, Jen? Uh, well, I watched uh, most of the first season of And Just Like That, the Sex yeah. in the City follow up, and you know, the first couple episodes, I was doing a lot of groaning, a lot of uh, what am I watching here. Um, but I will say that as the episodes progress, there are flashes of maybe not greatness, but certainly of the kind of things that we would expect from a Sex in the City show. Uh, it's it's still trying to do, I feel like, too much. There's too many storylines that it's following. Um, but uh, but it does have its moments. And Sarah Jessica Parker, when she's given a really good line, still knows how to deliver it. We are all blissfully unaware when our lives are about to change. Life is full of surprises. I'm ready to lose my virginity. Excuse me? I got the list. What list? There's a whole brouhaha at school about this MILF list. For real? Our lunchtime fodder is not usually this low route. I swear. <laughs> really? Who have you been eating with? Set your expectations accord- accordingly. You know, later on, uh, we're going to be talking about Jennifer Lawrence's movie, No Hard Feelings, which has a secondary role for Sarah Jessica Parker's husband, Matthew Broderick. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, the right. I'm going to uh, reveal that it's sort of shocking to see him as an older, uh, you know, as, as a senior citizen. <laughs> I, I saw I saw the movie, and not until the credits did I realize it was him. <laughs> that, that's way off the track. I'm sorry. but That's all right. One, one last show that I, I feel compelled to implore everyone to watch is The Other Two. If you haven't been watching it, it's um, it's on Max, which I still call HBO Max because I don't like calling it Max. No. Um, but it's uh, honestly like the funniest, most consistently funny show on television right now. Don't you want acting to be more? I'd love to not just act, but also to make a difference. So I want to be gay Albert Einstein and win an Oscar. We're nothing like your kids. Neither Neither of us know a thing thing about the entertainment industry. Created by two uh, former head writers for SNL, Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider, Mm. um, follows a family where the youngest brother was was sort of a Justin Bieber breakout uh, singer and his two older siblings, one's trying to be an actor, one is kind of trying to be a manager in the business, are desperate to succeed. Uh, their mother is played by the great Molly Shannon, who also mm-hmm. becomes very successful eventually as a talk show host. It's just nonstop hilarious jokes, like working on a 30 rock level. Um <laughs> And the finale airs this week. Um, I, I, if you want to enjoy life, just watch watch the other two. I noticed that HBO is going to run a documentary on Rock Hudson. I always mm-hmm. like their documentary stuff. I don't know if uh, they send any 
uh, clips or anything out early on that. But uh, I haven't had a chance to watch. But yes, you're <laughs> right. They are they are doing that, and they do a great job with documentaries. The Rock was an icon. He was by far the biggest star in Hollywood. Not only did women say that's the man I want to marry, many men said that's the man I'd like to be. He had more than one world. And he had the studio world. He had this gay world. If the truth had come out, that would have been the end of his career. It's as simple as that. I have stumbled on something that may surprise you on Amazon Prime called I'm a Virgo. Have you mm -hmm. seen any of that? Yeah, I've watched the first couple of episodes. I'm making my way through. Boots Riley uh, is this uh, bizarre, he's just got this creative off-the-wall take. Uh, and I I finally remember his film, Sorry to Bother You. Uh, one of the things I remember is the screening of Sorry to Bother You. People were just screaming with laughter <laughs> and with some of the twists it took. And uh, my wife will walk in and out of the room when I'm watching this. And every now and then something catches her because he goes off on a tangent. And uh, it basically, it's the story of a 13-foot-tall uh, black giant born to a couple. And, uh, and his, uh, you know, they hide him until he, he becomes a young adult. And it's his entry into the world. And then, then they'll go off and they'll show a television set. Suddenly they'll show these animations that are just uh, wildly creative. And uh, it's, it's the kind of thing where uh, I, I used to say it's not for everybody, but uh, some of you will love it and you know who you are. People are going to try to use you and put it on display. You're the Messiah. You said you'd come from a desolate place. I'm not from a desolate place. I'm from Oakland. Yes, a, a, a desolate place. I tend to really like it. Uh, Jen, I'm I'm getting a vibe that you're waiting to see how it comes out. No, I mean, I definitely want to watch more, mm -hmm. but I, I agree with you. I totally appreciate Boots Riley's just off-the-wall sensibility. And I, I love watching anything on television that is this creative and this unusual, especially in an environment where... People seem to only want to greenlight things that are based on existing IP. So I'm I'm all yeah, for yeah. what he's doing. Lou, did you catch uh, any of uh, I'm a Virgo? Uh, I did not because I'm too busy at the at the movies. Arch. <laughs> what what are you watching? Well, I, I gotta I gotta send a shout out to a movie I saw. I don't think it's in it's in um, wide release, but I loved it. It's called Past Lives. Yeah, and I yeah, don't know if you yeah, saw it. Yeah. I, I thought it, it was it's my favorite movie of the year. I thought it was terrific. Um, you know, I knew very little about it other than it got decent reviews, but I thought it was a terrific movie. You know, it's about this uh, these two kids who meet in South Korea and one of them moves to New York and they reconnect 20 years later. Childhood sweethearts who reconnect 20 years later and realize they were meant for each other. In the story, I would be the evil white American husband standing in the way of destiny. The guy flew 13 hours to be here. I'm not going to tell you that you can't see him or something. It's really a terrific movie. Well done, well shot, well written, well edited, everything. Jen, have you uh, seen Past Lives? No, not yet. I would like to, yeah. though. I think, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll meet up at uh, 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 Landmark, I think, is showing it. Uh, mm. And I, I I get a sense that they're going to open it a little wider, too, uh, over the summer. I hope so. 
Uh, and Lou, what else are you into? Um, well, you know, I saw a couple of the movies that came out this week. I know uh, no, you mentioned No Hard Feelings. Um, I wasn't expecting much, but I was surprised at how much I liked it. What, what's your thought? Did you see it, Arch? I did see it. And I was, uh, I with you, I just thought, my initial thought was, why is she doing this, Jennifer mm-hmm. Lawrence? And I and I think they did uh, the most they could do with. I mean, the premise is a little creepy. Uh, uh, helicopter parents hire a 32-year-old bartender to bring their 19-year-old son into adulthood uh, in all uh, its forms. And uh, and Jim. Uh, <laughs> Have you, did you uh, happen to see No Hard Feelings? No, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you look pained as we talk about no, it. No, I'm not at all. I was, re- um, Jen, I was ready for you to slap us down on that one. <laughs> no, I mean, I totally get why she's doing this, you know? Like, th- these kinds of comedies have kind of gotten more rare. Um, I-, I haven't seen it. I've heard that, obviously, it has some, you know, raunchier moments, but it also has sort of a sweetness to it, ultimately. From what I understand. Um, this isn't the way to my house. It's a shortcut. You're my hostage. We can go skinny dipping. What about sharks? Men here. Jellyfish? Not this season. It's really the lack of lifeguards. Get the fuck in here right now. Okay. I want Jennifer Lawrence to do comedies. I think she's very funny naturally as a, as a human being. Um, so I love that she did this. Well, you know, sex is how they're selling it, but there's some underlying plots, including uh, gentrification, uh, rich people versus regular people, uh, helicopter parents, and, uh, you know, just letting letting somebody grow up and uh, find his way uh, without uh, getting in his way. Uh, so, uh, Lou, what else are you into? Well, I have to. Uh, did you see Asteroid City? I'd like to discuss Asteroid City. I, I know. Okay, Wes Anderson makes strange movies. Yeah. I think you might say that that's a good way to put it. I hated this movie. Oh my god! I, I, I wanted to like it. It has yes. a great cast, and I, I went to see it a second time because I said maybe I missed something. Let me see it again. <laughs> and of course, you know, I fell asleep through part of it. But but nevertheless. <laughs> And I, I came out the second time saying, what the hell was that? Where are you? Asteroid City, Farm Route 6, Mile 75. Junior stargazers and space cadets. Each year, we celebrate Asteroid Day, commemorating September 23rd, 3007 BC, when the arid plains meteorite made Earth impact. How long can they keep us in Asteroid City legally? The world will never be the same. That's an alien doing Jeffy Jacks. That's an alien in a top hat. What's out there? The meaning of life. Maybe there is one. Jenna, you probably, do you like Wes Anderson movies? I do like Wes Anderson movies, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, I, and I recognize certainly uh, why they don't resonate with everybody. What was interesting to me, I mean, one of the things I had an issue with, the way this movie is framed is it's a story that takes place in the 50s uh, in this place called Asteroid City where a meteorite hit like years ago and there's like a young astronomers convention, but it's framed as, as if all this is a play. So it's like a play within a movie. And that framing device, I didn't love that because it sort of took me out of the what I thought was the main story. But I think one of the things people criticize Wes Anderson for is is this sort of emotional remove. Um, he's such a master of uh, 
meticulous kind of visual aesthetic mm -hmm. that sometimes the emotion gets leached out of it. And I felt like that was kind of the point of this movie was the way that people, um, particularly Jason Schwartzman's character, kind of try to swallow grief and, and, and keep it at a distance. But also I just found, as I always do, like a lot of the just visual gags and things, I was laughing out loud like multiple times. So it's not for everybody, but I enjoyed myself. I haven't seen it yet, and I'm planning to. And I just got the feeling that even uh, the not best Wes Anderson is uh, still fun to watch if you like his stuff. And I do. Mm -hmm. What did I read? I, someone called him a miniaturist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, anybody see Indiana Jones yet? And the I'm dial seeing it tonight. Death? Oh, boy. I took a stand and I won't name the theater, but I refuse to go see this movie at the theater that they screened it at. The worst theater in the DC area. I'm not seeing it there. I'm seeing it on an IMAX screen tonight. Thank you. <laughs> You've just touched on something for me because I, I'm in North Carolina and I won't tell you the city, but I went to a little uh, movie house to watch No Hard Feelings. Mm -hmm. And the Cineplex experience is... Um, is daunting. You sit there through 15 minutes worth of, uh, of trailers, if you're lucky. And, you know, I felt like I was sitting in a, in a pool of someone else's uh, uh, popcorn or nacho. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Lou, help me. Uh, well, you know, I, Arch, I, interesting you said that. There's a theater here that I used to go to a lot. I don't go to as often anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an AMC theater. I won't name it. But it, the last two movies I saw there, the screens were very dark. Uh -huh. and, and I think I had heard about this, and you guys may know more about it than I do, that sometimes they'll lower the 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 brightness to save the bulbs because the bulbs are very expensive mm. um and one of them was a 3d movie that you could barely tell was 3d because it was so dark oh wow um and then and then i went to another movie at that same theater it was not 3d and the same thing happened has that ever happened to you are you familiar with with this concept of kind of saving money by kind of lowering the uh you know the brightness wattage I have not heard about that, but it makes me mad um, <laughs> because I should have said something, but I'm, you know, I got it for free. It's not like I, what am I going to say? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just the whole point of going to the, you know, leaving your house to go see it is to have an optimum experience from a visual and sound point of view. Um, and that's, you know, that's why I was like, I'm going to go see Indiana Jones when they screen it for us at Tyson's on an IMAX screen. Cause this is a big movie and I want to see it in the best possible environment I can. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if theaters don't care about that, then what is the point of them? <laughs> like, that's what you got. That's what you got to offer us. Like, I don't know. Yikes. Well, there the, you go. By the way, did any of you see Elemental? Yes, I did. Your thoughts. I know everybody's coming down on Pixar and said, this is, you know, where they've come. I, yeah. I didn't like, I love Pixar movies. I didn't like it. it was, Hello, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, it was fine. It was a sweet movie. But yeah, it's like sea level Pixar. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. I have a feeling about the Indiana Jones movie. Okay. And my prejudice is that it's a money grab. You know, here we go again. I fondly remember wandering into a theater opening night for Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
And it was just, it was a revelation. And the audience was just screaming with uh, ecstasy uh, within the first uh, 15 minute scene of the boulder and all of that. And now, 43 years later, I, I just find it uh, a money grab. And Temple, and of, Doom, Temple of Doom wasn't a money grab, and the Sean Connery <laughs> one wasn't a money grab, and Crystal Skull, not a money grab. Well, <laughs> but this one's a money grab. <laughs> well, maybe this wasn't the only one. Um, so that's my prejudice, and I haven't seen it. So, uh, you know, forgive me. I'm, no, I mean, I've, I've heard completely mixed things. I've heard some people think it's great and some people think it's just trash. I mean, literally those mm -hmm. extreme kind of adjectives being described. So, you know, I just want to see Harrison Ford beat up a Nazi. That's that's it. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> By the way, um, I'm talking about my wife again because she missed the last two episodes of Barry. So I reran them. I watched them a second time. And I just thought the way uh, that they ended that series was just brilliant. And it stayed with me more so than either uh, Succession or certainly Ted Lasso, which just went sentimental. But can I ask you about the thoughts on, on the... Uh, the finale of Barry, and maybe we should talk about great series finales. Well, first of all, I'm surprised that Gina watched Barry because I thought she was kind of squeamish about violence and things like that. <laughs> yeah, she got into it, you know. I, and so, so there's that. But also, viewing it a second time was just, uh, it was just so uh, uh, rewarding and creative. And wow, what are they going to do next? Yeah, I mean, the, oh, go ahead, Lou. Sorry, I was going to say there there won't be a next because no, there, you can't it, you can't go you can't you can't do you know do no. a series after that. No, what I mean is you couldn't predict what was going to what was what would happen in the next minute uh, of of the way they wrap that show up. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I want to be careful about spoilers just in case some people haven't seen mm -hmm. it, but um, or maybe I'll just say spoiler alert. I guess at this point, and you can turn <laughs> turn it down if you need to, but. Um, you know, I thought it was just so interesting that he takes that gamble in the last part of the season, kind of flashing forward in time. Uh, and on first watch, you know, I thought, well, Barry never really did redeem himself. Like we, you always thought you, whenever you're watching a show like this, you assume the main character will eventually get redemption. Yeah, yeah. But then when I thought about it, you know, the last part of the, the last scene of the episode is his son watching this ridiculous, you know, movie that's made based on Barry that is every sort of cliche that Henry Winkler's character was worried about in terms of glorifying him. And I'm like, no, actually he did get redemption. Like this is mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. Barry got the part that he always wanted. He, he didn't live to see it, but he did. And, and it was a real, it, it sort of tied together the two strands of this series, which was the crime aspect and then the Hollywood satire aspect. And I, I agree with you, Arch. I thought it was really smart and I mean, Bill Hader directed every one of the episodes in the last season. And my God, what a magnificent eye he has. He had wow. never directed until he started directing on this show. And, and he's incredibly talented. I can't wait to see what Bill Hader does next. Mm -hmm. so, and I think he could probably he could probably do anything he wants at this point. Yeah. Well, uh, I just want to say if anybody hasn't seen Barry or wrapped it up, uh, this is the time to do so. 
Uh, any thoughts on the writer's strike? I mean, I know it's too soon to see any effect, but wow. What an interesting moment as we're talking, because this week is when the deadline is supposed to uh, land for SAG and DGA. Mm -hmm. um, DGA seems like they're headed toward not striking based on the reporting I've seen. But there was a letter earlier this week signed by a number of, of prominent actors, including the aforementioned Jennifer Lawrence, um, saying, hey, guys, we really got to strike yeah. if we don't get exactly what we're asking for. So we're looking at the potential for all the actors and all the writers to be on strike. And you're right that we don't feel it yet, even though the writers have been on strike for two months at this point. But I, I feel like it's one of those things where you're like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh, my God, what has happened? Abbott Elementary is not back. Severance isn't coming back now for two yeah, more years. Like, yeah, you know, all of a yeah, sudden, yeah. all these things that you can't watch, you're going to feel it, but it's probably not going to be felt um, significantly until the fall, assuming this thing keeps stretching out um, well, the way it has. I, um, you know, some of the, it's, it's interrupted me. Um, Saturday Night Live. I, <laughs> I, right. I, I love Saturday Night Live. Um, uh, John Oliver and, and Bill Maher, I watch those religiously. So those shows are are, are not on. Colbert. Cool, um, yeah, so um, you know, but 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 the Wonder Years. I don't know if you watched the Wonder Years. I love the Wonder Years, and that just started. Um, I don't know why it started. The season started now, but it it just started. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah, I guess we're gonna we're gonna be missing. Yeah. Now's a time when you don't see a lot of new shows anyway. But we're in the Wonder Years. <laughs> we wonder what's coming. We. I mean, I feel like this is a particularly. We were just, I was just in a meeting yesterday. Where we were looking ahead, like what's coming out in July. And it does feel like a thin July. Um, you're right. Traditionally, like summer is not that packed, but it has gotten much more packed uh, in the, in recent years where, you know, if you're a TV critic, you're like, oh, there is no time to take off because they still mm -hmm. keep releasing shows. Um, well, The Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale comes out in July. Is that correct? I don't know if it, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, oh, I, I could I be wrong. It was coming out in July. Is it, you, you may be right. You may be right. Um, I've kind of lost track of what the release date is for that. Uh, the other thing that's being talked about is that the Emmys could be potentially postponed. Oh. Um, I don't know if that's really going to happen or not, but there was, I saw, you know, some talk about like, maybe they'll push it to January. So there's all kinds of things in flux right now. Uh, speaking of flux, it's time to turn it over to Lou Katz. <laughs> And to uh, remind us that we come to you on Hound Radio and on uh, Apple and I iTunes and uh, and who knows what else. Right, exactly. Hey, we got something special planned for the 4th of July. Check this out. Happy birthday, America. Yes, it's our birthday. And to celebrate, Hound Radio will play special tracks that honor our great country. And I'm proud to be an American. God bless America. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Listen all day this 4th of July for the audio fireworks at houndradio.com and with our free Apple and Android apps. The red, white, and blue never sounded so good. Hound Radio, making America sound great again. I'm moved by the news of the death of Julian Sands. Mm -hmm. age 65, who has been missing since this winter. He was uh, an outdoorsman, and uh, something happened to him on a hike, and they have found his body, and he is no longer with us. He is the actor best known, I think, for A Room with a View, 
And Jen, you and Lou may remember that uh, A Room with a View ran for more than a year at Key Theater in Georgetown. In fact, for many years, I think it, it held the record of a film uh, uh, running that long uh, in theatrical release. Uh, and I had just watched A Room with a View because I was sitting around looking for something and it popped up. And uh, it's such a delightful uh, reminder of the days of Merchant and Ivory. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, somewhere I read uh, A Room with a View is the gateway drug of the <laughs> Merchant Ivory <laughs> experience. <laughs> so any thoughts on Julian Sands? Um, you know, I, I haven't seen Room with a View in a long, long time, but I do remember mm -hmm. uh, loving it, just like you said. And, and I remember his performance in it being really, really strong. And it's just, it's just such a sad story. Um, you know, I, one of those deaths that feels like it should have been preventable. Yeah. And, and I mean, he was missing in January, so it took six months yeah. to confirm this. Um, it's sad. But, you know, I want to get back to something you guys were saying that, you know, we're going to see the impact of the writer's strike. There's still a lot of movies coming out and a lot of yeah. movies that that people are looking forward to, you know, Oppenheimer and and uh, Mission Impossible and and even some some smaller movies that look like they could have an impact like Strays. I don't know if you've seen the preview for Strays about the talking dogs, R-rated. <laughs> um, Joyride, which which looks like, a, you know, a, a modern day bridesmaids or. And or, past uh, lives. You keep, you past keep lives, hearing about past is, lives. Is, yeah. I'm not hearing anyone say Barbie, <laughs> the cinematic oh. event of the summer. I'm not, so my, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even joking, actually. Have you seen it? Have you no, seen not it? Not yet, but I okay, cannot my, wait. my feeling is it's either going to be really good or really bad. I don't think there's a I, little ground on that I'm going to bet on really good, because I think Greta Gerwig is is very talented and knows what she's doing. This is the question of the summer is, is the, the, uh, what is it? Op, Oppen Barbie or Barbenheimer, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> if, if you have to choose which one you're going to see first, which one are you going to go see first? Hmm. Um, Oppenheimer, because Barbie will probably be around a little longer uh, or, hmm. or, or one or the other, because one will be around. Uh, people are saying Oppenheimer is going to be this huge, huge hit. And I, I'm not buying it. I don't know why. I, 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 it's three hours plus. There, there's there's a reason why. Yeah, uh, it's a great story, but I, do people want to sit for three hours? Um, something so heavy? I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Christopher Nolan movies usually do pretty well, and I certainly respect him as a filmmaker, so I absolutely will see it. But mm -hmm. if somebody forced me, like, listen, you got to pick one, I'm like, fine, I'm going to Barbie. It's like not yeah. even a question. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to Oppenheimer, but I'm going to go to the um, AFI Silver Spring, where I think they're probably going to show it in 70 millimeter. Oh, great. And uh, where it's in that wonderful giant theater. And and so I probably won't see Oppenheimer right off the bat. I'll probably see Barbie first because it'll be uh, an easy watch. And in the past few months when I was... Uh, uh, you know, flipping around looking for something, I watched Lady Bird over again, mm -hmm. which is Greta Gerwig's uh, film. And she, I, if she's uh, behind it, I want to see it. Yep. Even I'm great filmmakers strike out once in a while. Lou, <laughs> Ryan Gosling is playing Ken, okay? <laughs> what could be wrong with this film? Hey, Barbie, can I come to your house tonight? 
Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Margot Robbie, you can't go wrong with Margot Robbie. No, she's great too. Like, yeah, I, great. I, I love all, the trailers have been terrific, honestly. I, I, and I love the way the only, the only complaint I have is that they're, they're releasing too much information about it. Like there've been all these things like, here's Margot Robbie explaining how they did this scene. I'm like, I haven't seen it yet. No one has seen it yet. Stop explaining the behind the scenes. I haven't even seen the thing. Yeah. So I wish so they would kind of cool it on the marketing, but. Are you guys familiar with this, with this controversy about the IMAX screens? I think I heard that Mission Tom Impossible. Tom Cruise is upset. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and and Oppenheimer has, I, 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 it was something about, they're both coming out at the same time, but only one, like Oppenheimer has the um, dibs on IMAX screens or something. Yeah, that... I, I don't know if I'm going to explain this correctly, but it, that's basically it. Yeah, like Tom Cruise wanted Mission Impossible to have at least, I think, like a couple weeks kind of dominating the IMAX space and they're releasing Mission Impossible the week before Oppenheimer. And once Oppenheimer's out, it's going to take over a lot of these screens. And, and uh, I don't mm -hmm. know how they resolve that because I don't think they're going to change the release date for either film at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like someone should have thought about that before they chose a release date for Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> but by the way, I have to say, I, you know, I've, I've talked about Henry Winkler a lot on this show, on this podcast, and he has a book coming out. And as part of his book, he's doing a book tour where he's not just signing books, but he's coming and speaking. And he'll be coming to Washington in November to speak. And for 45 bucks, you get to, to hear him speak and you get a signed book which I think is, you know, these days a great deal. And, oh, where's uh, he going to be? A Sixth and I synagogue. Sixth and I, that sounds like something they would do. If you yeah. ever uh, encounter Henry Winkler, he's one of the really, really nice uh, people uh, in entertainment today. He really is. So shall we do some best bets? We're wrapping up. Uh, what should we uh, recommend for the weekend? Well, I'm going to go back to where we started. I'm going to tell everyone to watch The Bear if you haven't done that yet. Uh, I'm also going to recommend a movie that I feel like I was hoping was going to be a sleeper hit, and I don't know if it's going to be, but The Blackening, it's a horror comedy, mm -hmm, yeah. and it's so funny. Um, I saw it with a mix of press and like a recruited audience, and people were laughing so hard you, you were missing jokes. Um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a very funny, clever uh, send-up through a racial prism of, of horror movies, so Check that out if you haven't seen it. Lou, what, what do you like for this weekend? Um, so if you have, I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago when it was in the theaters, it's now streaming. It Ain't Over, the Yogi Berra mm, documentary. Yes. It's now streaming. And I, I watched it the other day for a second time with my wife and she loved it. Um, it's a great, I, I, it's a great hour and a half of baseball, but it's, it's culture. It's, it's really a lot of fun if you haven't seen it. Well, thanks to you two, I'm going to watch the second season of The Bear, and I'm going to watch uh, It Ain't Over, and I'm going to recommend A Room with a View to anyone who hasn't seen it, just as a reminder of uh, maybe the glory days of uh, of Merchant Ivory, at least. I miss them. So it's so great to speak with both of you, Jen Cheney of uh, Vulture and New York Magazine and Cinema Lou, our discovery of the year. Lou Cat, thank you for directing and producing. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.